You are listening to the first podcast recorded in Mrs. Horvath's class, Block 2. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Cooper. Today I'm going to be reading The Pigeon Wants a Puppy. Oh, hello. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. By the way, do you know what I want? What I wanted forever? At least since last Tuesday. A puppy! Puppy, puppy, puppy. Oh, don't worry. I'll take care of it. I promise I'll water it once a month. What? Everybody knows that puppies need plenty of sunshine and water. Oh, I get it. You don't want me to be happy, do you? You don't want me to take a piggyback ride on my puppy or play tennis with it. You just don't understand. I'm a pigeon love. I'm a puppy loving pigeon. Aw, puppies. I want a puppy right here, right now. Woof. What's that? Woof, woof. Is it possible? Have my dreams come true? Woof. Ah! Oh. It's huge. The teeth. The hair. That wet nose. The slobber. The claws. I mentioned the teeth, right? Really, I had no idea. I've changed my mind. I want a walrus. And that is the end of the book. Hello, I'm Jackson, and I'm reading how dinosaurs stay safe. Illustrated by Martin and John Jane Others at times will stay safe all day, whether at home or at school or at play. Does it climb up to mine? Or jump over the cup? Does it race on his bike with the palm around his head? Does it jump with the cat? Does he stand up on chairs? When Mama says no, does he run down the stairs? If anyone dares him, does he always drive? And jump from the rooftop as if he could fly. No, a dinosaur doesn't, and I'll tell you why. Because of a fox, they once made a sound fight. And remember, and he's ever so much with the fox with the lunch. He's careful with words that he spins when he eats. He never goes off with the strangers he meets. When swimming with friends, he's careful to be right at the spot where his papa can see. He wears a good helmet when riding a bike. He takes bottles of water when on a long hike. When you sleep, never shower and play time and fun like dinosaurs know how to dial 911. 
Okay, cool. Not beautiful. So here's the big roller. Go slice and go slice. Look at that little I'm going to be reading Let's Go for a Drive by Mo Williams. Piggy, I have a great idea. Let's go for a drive. That sounds fun. Drive, drive, drivey, drive, drive. Wait. If we are going on a drive, we need to plan. Plan? First, we need a map. I have a map. Get that map. You cannot go for a drive without a map. I have the map. Drive, drive, drivey, drive, drive. Map, map, mappy, map, map. Wait. It might be sunny while we drive. We need sunglasses. I have sunglasses. Get those sunglasses. Bringing sunglasses on a drive is a smart planning. I have the sunglasses. Drive, drive, drivey, drive, drive. Sunglasses, sunglasses, sunny sunglasses. Wait. It might rain while we drive. We need umbrellas. I have umbrellas. Get those umbrellas. Make a plan and stick to it is what I say. I have the umbrellas. Drive, drive, drivey, drive, drive. Umbrellas, umbrellas, um, umbrella, umbrellas. Wait. We have so much stuff to pack. We need bags. I have bags. Get those bags. You cannot go wrong with a good plan. Oof. I have the bags. Drive, drive, drivey, drive, drive. Bags, bags, baggy, bag, bags. Wait, there'll be a lot of driving on our drive. We need a car. I said we need a car. Um, do you have a car, piggy? No, I'm a pig. A, a pig with a car would be silly. Do you have a car? I do not have a car. Oh no! We have everything we need for our drive except the car. Our plans are ruined. What are we going to do now? We could play pirate. Who needs plans when you have a, a pig for a pal? Alright. The end. Hi, my name is Taraj, and today I'll be reading a book called My Trip to the Hospital. We were playing soccer, and the score was tied. I ran and kicked the ball as hard as I could, but the goalie was in the way. Goal, shouted Tiger. We won. Ow, I screamed. My leg hurt a lot, but I hardly cried at all. Don't worry, little critter, said Dad. You'll be okay, said Mom. An ambulance came. I was put on a skinny bed, got a stretcher, and then I got carried off the field. The whole soccer team waved goodbye. Mom came with me in the ambulance. I held her hand because she looked a little scared. When I got to the hospital, I got a ride in the stretcher all the way inside. 
A nurse listened to my heart with this listening thing called a stethoscope. And then she let me try the stethoscope on Mom. Wow, Mom, your heart is beating really fast, I said. The nurse gave me a big lollipop and told me I was very, very brave. The doctor came to examine my leg. This may hurt a little, he said. It sure did, but I took a deep breath and counted backwards. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and then it was all over. You have a broken leg, little critter, he said. Do you have the right tools to fix it? I asked. The doctor nodded, then he gave me a pull sticker that said, Little Champ, because he said I was a real champ. Next to the special picture taking room called x-rays. The nurse took the picture with this big machine that could have been in a, spe in a spaceship. She said, the x-rays show all the bones in my leg. You know, Super Critter has x-ray vision, I told the nurse. That means you can see through stuff, too, just like the machine. After that, it was time to get my cast. The doctor started wrapping bandages all around my leg. I feel like a mummy, I said. A little while later, the nurse came to check on my cast. She said I could go home soon, but first... I had to learn how to use my crutches. My cast was very heavy. I almost It almost made me fall over, but I kept trying. Finally, I got it right. Good job, little critter, said the nurse. Now you can go home. Little sister and dad picked us up. Everybody wanted to help me with my crutches, but I told them to, I told them that I could do it by myself. I walked all the way to the front door and I barely slipped once. Mom made spaghetti and meatballs, my favorite dinner in the whole world. And I got to eat in front of the TV. I was sure happy to be home. At school, everyone said I was a hero. We won the game all because of you, little critter, said Tiger. Then all my friends signed my cast. But by the time they were done, it looked like a rainbow. Hello, everyone is well. Today we're going to be reading Hands Off My Honey by Jane Chapman. Bear stomped and stamped to the hollow by his big oak tree. The ground rumbled. The daisies shook and the leaves trembled in the trees. I have a great big jar of delicious honey, Bear bawled, and it's all mine. Bear looked around. Everyone had disappeared. Don't even try to take a paw full, he boomed. I'm the scariest bear in the forest, and I won't share a single cup. The woods were silent. Even the birds stopped chirping. The only sound was the slurp of the bird's tongue as he licked. Mmm, yum, yum. Mouse, the rabbit brothers and Mole peered out of the bush. That's an, that jar is enormous, and he's keeping it all to himself, whispered Mouse. Well, I love honey, and I'm going to get some. Is anybody with me? The Rabbit Brothers both raised the paw. Mole looked at the honey. I'm in. 
Ross picked her way carefully through the branches. The rabbit brother saw Paul's and began tiptoeing cautiously when, snap, whoopsie, that was, a, that was on me on a twig, whispered Mole. Get down, his mouse. The bear's eyebrows lifted. The animals held their breath. <gasps> the bear dipped his paw in once more and was soon looking no- noisily. Phew, whispered Mouse. Sorry, sorry, Mouse. Mouse patted him on the back. No harm done. Now follow me. Mouse zipped to the left and right, keeping to the shadows. The rabbits raced behind, shivering excitedly. Mouse lay to Mole. But as he dodged a stinking needle, he tripped over a root. Oops, he squeaked. Sorry, whispered Mole. Mouse peered through the ferns. Listen up, team, he whispered. We need to be fast and silent if we're going to get that honey. Rabbit, she commanded, lead the way. The rabbit brothers and Mouse were masters at thorn dodging. They whizzed through the brambles and pole vaulted over the puddles. Taking a deep breath, Mole headed into the thorns. A tiny thorn stuck him, but he didn't even squeak. I can do this, thought Mole. I'll leap, I'll leap over the puddle and finish with a tumbling roll on the grass. He picked up a stick and began to run. Splash! Oh no, just look at me, gasped Mole. I'm soaking. The rabbit brothers clung to each other. Mouse froze. Bear's slurping stopped. Bear's eye ears twitched. Bear's eyes popped. What's going on here? He growled. Uh, Mouse said she loves honey and she's going to get some, cried Mole from the puddle. What? Didn't you hear me? Says this honey is mine, roared Bear. Yes, I did, Mole squealed. But, but Mouse she said she was going to, oh, was going to, oh, look. Mouse slowly stretched out her arm and dipped in the jar, honey jar. She scooped out a gold, golden pawful and licked her fingers triumphantly. Oh, cried Mole, covering his eyes. I can't look. Bear swung Mouse up in the air. And they both laughed and laughed. Bear rolled the rabbit brothers over in the grass and tickled Mole's tummy and toes. You win again, he laughed. You're all just too quick for me. The wriggly giggly heap of paws and whiskers got stickier, stickier and stickier. Big scary bear is my favorite game. Sighed, rolled happily. Can we play the game, please? The end. Hi, my name is Jocelyn. I'm reading Buster. Buster. Buster was a happy dog. He had everything he could ever want. He had dishes with his name painted on it in curvy letters. A large greasy yard with a tall oak tree to nap under. A sandwich for taking in dirt baths. And an in and out flap on the back door. A basket full of toys. A radio t- tune to his favorite station and brown shoes which took Buster to the park whenever Buster passed. Buster was a happy dog until brown shoes brought home the big box. The big box. Buster stared at the big box. He hoped there were juicy steaks or fancy French cheese or spicy sausages in the big box. 
but there was no steak, no cheese, no sausage in the box. There was just a big bag of sand, a large pot, and two small dishes, and a cat named Betty. Buster was not happy. Buster was afraid of cats. Betty. Betty jumped down off the table. She began to purr and twist and turn around Buster's legs. Buster was terrified. He was ter- afraid to move. If I ignore her, thought Buster, maybe she'll go away. Betty did everything to attract Buster's attention. She slept in Buster's dishes with the curvy letters. Buster ignored her. She ran up and down and around Buster's tree. Buster ignored her. She dug in Buster's sandpit. Buster ignored her. She ran in and out and in and out in the in and out flat. Buster ignored her. She had Buster's toys. Buster ignored her. Then she changed the station on Buster's radio. That was too much for Buster. A fine part. Buster slipped under the fence. He ran down the block over five streets and around two corners until he came to his park. Not his usual park, but a fine park with a tall with tall trees, a bubbling fountain, tubs of flowers, large greasy patches, and not a cat in sight. No Betty thought Buster as he drank drank from the fountain. Nobody thought Buster as he rolled in the sand. Nobody thought Buster as he listened to his favorite radio station. Nobody thought Buster as he fell asleep in the shade of a tall tree. Lost. Buster woke up. He was hungry. He was lonely. Soon it would be dark. Buster was ready to go home. He looked up the street. He looked down the street. Nothing was familiar. Buster circled the park. To the left, he circled the park to the right. Buster had no idea which direction was home. Buster was lost. Buster asked the big yellow dog if he knew which way was home. He asked the tiny black dog if she knew which way was home. He asked the man snipping on walks if he knew which way was home. No one in the park had any idea where Buster lived. Buster sat very still and tired to remember the route. Try to remember the route. He'd, he'd taken the park. He'd taken to the park. But he but he'd been so busy trying to get away from Betty that he had paid any attention. Home. All Buster could think about was home. He could he would never see his home, his dishes his sandpit, his toys, his tree, or branches again. What would he do? Where would he go? Just then a pigeon circled Buster. It landed close to Buster's ear. Cock, 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 said the pigeon, looking up. Buster looked up, away, way up. In the top of a tall tree, several streets over, Buster saw a waving ball of white fur. The tree looked very familiar. The waving ball of fur looked very familiar. It was Betty. Buster Buster ran out out the park around to a corner over five streets, turned left, and ran up the block.
all the time, keeping an eye on Betty. Buster slipped under the fence. Betty ran down the tree and over to Buster. Betty began to purr and twist and turn around Buster's way. Buster was a happy dog. He had everything he could ever want and more. Hi guys, I'm reading um, How to Dinosaur Stay Friends by Jane Dolan and Mark Teague. How does a dinosaur keep his best friend when a terrible fight just might signal the end? <coughs> does he scribble in it with a horrible scowl? Does he wipe muddy feet on his friend's favorite towel? Does he tear up a book that his friend let him take? Does he throw his friend's lunchbox straight into the lake? Does he write on the blackboard his very bad name? Does he tell all the kids that his friend is to blame? Does he kick his friend's bike? Does he egg his friend's door? Does he push his friend hard so he lands on the floor? Does he scream? Is he mean? Does he spit? Does he spy? Does he tell the new teacher a very big lie about who did the pushing and why? No. A dinosaur doesn't. He won't even try. He sends a nice note, taking most of the blame. He's surprised when his when he finds that his friends did the same. He has a friend over to Shannon to play, letting him tease the first toys of the day. He brings to school a toy dragon and knight with a card that says, I really don't want to fight. And when the class is all given a break, he gets his friends cookies. He helps his mom bake. He wraps up a favorite bear with a bow and he brings it along as a gift just to show. That even their friends may occasionally fight, there's always a way to make everything right. Good hugs and more keep a friend dinosaur. Hope you liked it. Hello, today I'm reading Pink the Bug. Pink was a pug, and I'm sorry to say, he was kicking covers in almost every way. He lived in a house with a wiener dog, Trevor. But when he was nice to him, I'll tell you. But when he was nice to him, I'll tell you never. He got some great toys. You got some great toys there, poor Trevor would say. But Pink just grumbled through mine. Go away. But it might be more fun, Trevor said to Pig, if we both play together. Pig flipped his wig. No, no, they are mine. And you, they are only mine. Keep your paws off them. They are mine. Mine, mine! I know what your games you want me to share, but I'll never do that. I won't, I swear. 
And with that, he proceeded to gather his stuff and make, and make a big pile of huff and huff. And once he gathered them up in the pile, he howled from the top of the satisfied smile. There, shouted, shouted he, now you won't get my loot. It's mine, 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 mine. So why don't you scoot? But just that down from the corner, so I could see if the pile was locked. Oh dear me. Watch out up there. Did Trevor did cry? But the shame of it was. Well, bugs can fly. These days it's different, I'm going to say. So very different in almost every way. This pig shows his toys now, and Trevor's his friend, and they both play together. While pig's on his mid. While pig's on the mid. Just a Little Too Little by Mosso Mayo. I am going camping. I will sleep out in the woods. Mom says I am a little too little, and I should camp out in the backyard. I find a good campsite. I get my tent. Dad will have to help me. I'm not too little, but the tent is too big. I am hungry now. I will build a campfire and cook hot dogs. Dad says I am a little too little to make my own campfire. Dad cooks hot dogs on the stove. I hope, but they're not as good as they are outside. I am not too little to build a vase car. I go to Dad's shop. Dad, I say, I need a saw, a hammer, and some nails. Dad says I am a little too little to use a sharp saw. We make a vase car together. I am not too little for that. My vase car is finished. I'll ride down the big hill by myself. Dad rides with me because I'm just a little too little. The race car falls apart. We crash. I say, wow, that was fun, Dad. We go home. Maybe Dad is a little too big for my race car. Dad is tired, so I will help him and get leaves off the roof. Dad says, no. You're a little too little for that. I have a better idea. We can fix the tent for your camp out, Dad says. After that, we will eat dinner. I eat in my tent. Mom makes me take a bath, brush my teeth, and put on my pajamas. Then I get snacks and toys and go out to the tent. I bring my bail, my favorite blanket, and a big flashlight. I am ready now. My little sister says, you'll be inside as soon as it's dark. It gets dark. It gets darker. Then dark is big. But I am not a little too little. Because I can snuggle with my dad. Bye. Okay, the book is called, the book is called Happy Birthday Moon.
One night, Bear looked up at the sky and thought, wouldn't it be nice to give him a birthday present? But Bear didn't know when the moon's birthday was or what to give him. So he climbed a tall tree to have a little chat with the moon. Hello, hello, moon, he shouted. But the moon did not reply. Maybe I am too far away, thought Bear, and the moon cannot hear me. So Bear paddled across the river. He hiked through the forest into the mountains. Now I am much closer to the moon, thought Bear, and again he shouted, Hello? That time his own voice echoed off one of the other mountains. Hello? Bear got very excited. Oh boy, he thought. I'm, I'm talking to the moon. Tell me, ask, tell me, ask Bear, when it is your birthday? When is your birthday? Tell me when it, tell me when is your birthday, replied the moon. Well, it just so happens that my birthday is tomorrow, said Bear. Well, it, it just happens, so happens that my birthday is tomorrow, said the moon. What do you want for your birthday, asked Bear. What do you want for your birthday, asked the moon. Bear thought for a moment, then he replied, I would like a hat. I would like a hat, said the moon. Oh, goody. Oh, goody, thought Bear. Now I know what to get the moon for his birthday. Goodbye, said Bear. Goodbye, said Moon. When the bear got home, he dumped all the money out of his piggy bank. Then he went downtown and bought the moon a beautiful hat. That night, he put the hat on top of a tree where the moon could find it. Then he waited and watched while the moon slowly creeped up through the branches and tried it on the hat. Hooray, yelled Bear. It fits just right. During the night, while Bear slept, the, the hat fell out, out of the tree. In the morning, Bear found the hat on his doorstep. So the moon got me a hat too, Bear said. Bear, ex exclaimed Bear. He tried it on and it fit perfectly. But just then when the wind blew, Bear's hat off his head. He chased after it, but it got away. The night bear paddled across the river. He hiked through the forest to talk with the moon. For a long time, the moon would not speak to him, so Bear spoke first. Hello, he shouted. Hello, replied the moon. I lost the beautiful hat you gave me, said Bear. I lost the beautiful hat you gave me, said moon. That's okay, I still love you, said Bear. That's okay, I still love you, said the moon. Happy birthdays! Happy birthdays, said the moon, said Bear. Happy birthdays, said the moon. I will be reading How Two Dinosaurs Stay Safe by Jane Yolen and Mark Tall. How does a dinosaur stay safe all day, whether at home or at school or at play? Does he climb up too high or jump on his head in bed? 
because he raced on his bike with no helmet on head. It, is he rough with the cat? Does he stand up on chairs? When mommy says no, does he run down the stairs? If anyone dares him, does he always try to jump from the rooftop as if he could fly? No, a dinosaur doesn't. And I'll tell you why. When crossing the street, he holds Mama's hand, hand tight. And he's ever so watchful to cross with the white. He's careful with forks, knives, and spoons when he eats. He never goes off with the strangers he meets. When swimming with friends, he is careful to be right at the spot where Papa, his Papa can see. He wears a good helmet when riding a bike. Takes bottles of water when on a long hike. Always safe, never sorry. And playtime and fun. Our dinosaur knows how to dial, dial 1911. He is careful, not fearful. He's here. So here's a big roar. Stay safe and play safe, little dinosaur. Hi, my name is Chloe, and today I will be reading Elephant Tantrum by Gillian Shields. Ellie had everything, but she wanted more. She wanted an elephant. She wouldn't eat or sleep or brush her hair. She wouldn't smile or play or do her homework. She wouldn't even get out of bed until she got what she wanted. Please get up, Ellie, said her father. No, she replied. Not until you get me an elephant. Ellie's father went to his big fancy office. He wrote letters and made phone calls. He worked and worried and fussed and freddled until... An elephant arrived for Ellie. Ellie jumped up and down in excitement. She couldn't wait to boss her new elephant around. Come here, elephant, she said. Give me a ride. Do a trick. Pick up my toys. The elephant wrapped his trunk around Ellie's waist and lifted her up. Ooh, said Ellie. But the elephant took a long, good look at her. Then... He dropped her on the floor. Ouch, said Ellie furiously. She had a terrible tantrum. I don't want that elephant, she shouted. Give me a different one. But it's an extraordinary elephant, said her father wisely. I think it's just the one you need. So the elephant stayed and made himself at home. He slept in Ellie's bed. He wore her best clothes. He ate her breakfast. He played with her toys. But they're mine, Ellie howled. The elephant took no notice. 
He went to school and sat at Ellie's place and played with Ellie's friends. Go away, Ellie ordered, but the elephant ignored her. Now the elephant had everything. Ellie even had to make his sandwiches and clean his boots and fold his handkerchiefs. He didn't say please or thank you. And if Ellie didn't do exactly what he wanted, he had an enormous elephant tantrum. Ellie started to cry. The elephant passed her handkerchief. Thank you, said Ellie. It was the first time she had ever said thank you. Then Ellie said, Please, can I have my things back? Why don't we share them? said the elephant. All right, said Ellie happily. Let's share. So they played together and it was wonderful. When they went to school, Ellie said, Would you please take my friends on a ride in the playground? Of course, said the elephant. Thank you, said Ellie. They took turns, even Ellie. It was fun. It was extraordinary. That night, Ellie said, I hope you'll stay forever. I can't, said the elephant gently. There are other children who need me too. You'll have to share me. Ellie did not scream or shout or have a tantrum. I understand, she said. When she woke up, the elephant had gone. Thank you for listening. My name's Sean, and I'm going to be reading The Little Red Hen. One summer day, the little red hen found a grain of wheat. A grain of wheat, the little red hen said to herself. I will plant it. Then she asked the duck, I, will you help me plant this grain of wheat? Not I, said the duck. She asked the goose, would you help me plant this grain of wheat? Not I, said the goose. She asked the cat, will you help me plant this grain of wheat? Not I, said the cat. She asked the pig, Will you help me plant this grain of wheat? Not I, said the pig. Then I will do it myself, said the little red hen, and she did. Soon the wheat grew tall, and the little red hen knew it was time to reap it. Who will help me reap the wheat? she asked. Not I, said the duck. Not I, said the goose. Not I, said the cat. Not I, said the pig. Then I will reap it myself, said the little red hen. And she did. She reaped the wheat and she and it was ready to be taken to the mill and made into flour. Who will help me carry it to the mill? She asked. Then I will carry it myself. Not I, said the duck. Not I, said the goose. Not I, said the cat. Not I, said the pig. She said the little red hen. And she did. She carried the wheat to the mill. And the miller made it into flour. Then she got 
it home, she asked, who will help me make the flower into dough? Not I, said the duck. Not I, said the goose. Not I, said the cat. Not I, said the pig. Then I will make the dough myself, said the little red hen. And she did. Soon the bread was ready to go into the oven. Who will help me bake the bread? She said, the little red hen. Not I, said the duck. Not I, said the goose. Not I, said the cat. Not I, said the pig. Then I will bake it myself, said the little red hen. And she did. After the loaf has been taken out from the oven, it was set on the window sill to cool. And now, said the little red hen, who will help me eat the bread? I will, said the duck. I will, said the goose. I will, said the cat. I will, said the pig. No, I will eat it myself, said the little red hen. And she did. I am Marcus, and I am reading Finding Nemo, Best Dad in the Sea. Nemo loves his dad, Marlin, and Marlin loves Nemo, but they are very different. Marlin is careful. Slow down, Nemo. Nemo is not. Come on, Dad. One day, Nemo is too brave. He swims far ahead. Oh no, a diver. Marlin cannot see Nemo. Nemo has been caught. Marlin swims after Nemo, but is he is too late. Plop into a tank Nemo goes. How will he ever get home? Marlin is, uh, is sad. He wants to search for Nemo. His friend Dory can help. At first, Marlin is very afraid. But not for long. My son needs me, Marlin says. For Nemo, and Marlin is brave. Yes, he is very brave. Nemo hears good news. Help is on the way. Nemo escapes. Dory finds Nemo first. They look for his dad. They ask the crabs for help. They find Marlin. But, but they get stuck in a net. Nemo has a plan. Swim down, he says to the fish. They are free. You can. You were so brave, says Nemo, and you were brave too, says his dad. And that is the end of this book. <laughs> it's Andrew and. Today, I'm reading Just Going to the Dentist. Mom took me to the dentist. She said I needed a checkup. I didn't need a checkup. My teeth were just fine. But we went anyways. At the dentist's office, we met the nurse. She gave us a great big smile. I think she was showing off her teeth. The dentist wasn't ready to see me. So we sat in the waiting room. Other kids were there too. One of the bigger kids had wires all over their teeth. My mom said there were braces. I thought they were neat. I hoped I, I hoped I would get braces. We had to wait a long time, but there were toys to play with and books to read. 
When it was my turn, the nurse came to get me. I had to see the dentist all by myself, but I didn't mind too much. I went into a really weird room. It looked like a spaceship. I sat on a funny chair. It was called a dentist chair. The nurse put a bib on me. Then the nurse sat and sat said that she was going to clean my teeth. It tickled a lot. She told me to spit in the sink. No grown-up had ever asked me to spit before. That was cool. Next, next she took the pictures of my teeth. They were called X-rays, like super critters X-ray vision. When the dentist came in, he looked inside my mouth with a little mirror on a stick. A picture of my teeth were ready. So the dentist called my mom, and we all looked at the pictures of my teeth. The dentist said I had one cavity, and that he could fix it right then. They put me back in the dentist chair. The dentist told me he was going to give me something so I wouldn't feel anything. I closed my eyes real tight and counted to ten. Before I knew it, the dentist said it was all over. I hardly felt anything. Yuck. Then my mouth went numb. It was weird. I couldn't feel my tongue. Then the dentist said we were going to drill a hole. He was going to drill a hole in my tooth to, and clean out my cavity. There was a lot of noise in my mouth, but it didn't hurt. When the dentist finished, he sent me out to my mom. The nurse gave me a treat for free. You know, going to the dentist wasn't so bad. I just made, it just made me tired. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. We hope you'll join us next week.